Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Y'all feel that? You feel the presence of God? We're going to get in our Bible study tonight, and uh, so glad that all of you all have tuned in. And uh, I feel so blessed to be able to have, have church tonight with my family here at, at, the home, at our home. And uh, I'm going to make reference uh, to a few verses, and my family's going to be reading some of those. But I would like to teach tonight about our confidence. The Bible says, to cast not away therefore your confidence. We're going to read that in full portion in just a moment. But I believe like never before, God wants us to have confidence not only in Him, but in us. We are His people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. The Bible says that we are his bride. We're the apple of his eye. Do you believe that? And not just faith in God, but faith in God's love for us and who we are uh, here here tonight. And so uh, I was I was thinking, and I, I pulled this portion of scripture. You don't have to read this. You've got verses that we're going to be reading in a moment. Been in, in Matthew 14. It talks about how Jesus was with his disciples and he, he had told them to get in the boat and, and go to the other side. And, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain park to pray. And when the evening was come, he was, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And it says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. And so sort of the setting that I'm going to talk about tonight with you all is Jesus has been with his disciples. He's been with all of these people. And uh, he, he goes away from the multitude. He sent the disciples in a boat to go to the other side. And when he does... Uh, he goes up in a mountain to pray. Somewhere while they were in that ship, a great storm came. And Jesus left where he was and came walking on the water. And when he came walking on the water, when they saw him because they were afraid, they thought it was what? It was a spirit. They thought it was some spirit. It's amazing how fear is a liar. Uh, fear is a liar. And sometimes storms in our life and problems in our life cause us to believe things that are not true. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be moments in your life when you're scared and it looks like things are, uh, over the years I've had, Lake and I've had people tell me, they say, I never, I never, I never dreamt it would happen to me when, when cancer comes to the family or uh, maybe a, a, a death comes to the family or some financial crisis or something going on. People say, you know, I never, I never thought that would happen to me. When a situation comes unexpected, sometimes what we do, we respond to fear instead of faith. And uh, we respond to fear instead of faith. The only place in Scripture where it says they had no faith is when he said, why are you fearful? Can you have faith? and fear at the same time. 
You can't, can you, Ben? You can't have fear and you can't have faith at the same time. And the uh, Bible says that perfect love casteth out all fear. And when Jesus came to rescue them, it, I think this is a, 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 great, a great portion of Scripture. They cried out for fear. Verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. Another portion of Scripture says he would have passed them by. Because God cannot enter our life when we are in fear. What do you do when you have a situation in your life that surprises you and it looks like it's your destruction? Here's what you have to do. You've got to override fear trying to come in your life and understand God knows where I'm at. What does His Word say? He will never leave me nor what? He will never forsake me. So whatever I'm going through, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will. I will fear no evil. I want those watching online, I want you to say that. I will fear no evil. Why will I not fear? Because thou art with me. Finn, do you believe God's with you at all times? He's in this house. He's not only, I watched you the other night while you were praying. Powerful move of God. Swept over your spirit. You were weeping and crying. Do you remember this the other night? It was a Sunday night. And uh, that's not just something that can happen at church. That's something that can happen on the job or at the schoolhouse. No matter where you are, as Brother Nehemiah was telling us Sunday night, that God is om omnipresent. He's, he's omniscient, all-knowing. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But God's right here in my home and your home just as much as He is when the crisis shows up in your life. Just because we live for Him doesn't mean we're not going to have storms in our life. It's how we respond to storms that matters the outcome from our storm. And so one, one, one of the scriptures of this same story says he would have passed him by because God can't respond to fear. But my dad teaches he has a weakness for people who have faith. He's going to come to the people who have faith. And, and Jesus said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. I believe in every crisis in my life, Jesus is there with me. And I have this confidence. And I could go around this room in our own family and talk about scenarios that we have with our children and life and things that I look back and I see, see God was with us. Finn, uh, or Jillian, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. And let's look and see, see what that says. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 35, please turn, turn uh, uh, with us tonight. Turn the word and, and read along. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. Cast not away. I want everybody to say that. Cast, Cast not, not away, away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. What's confidence? Where does that come from? What is confidence? It, it is a... It is a belief that I'm okay. It's going to be all right. It, it is a something so valuable to have is that no matter what happens, I become unwavering in my faith. Confidence in God. Confidence, He's going to bring me through. I remember years ago when I was pastor in Crooksville, God gave me a revelation. 
And what he showed me was is that when someone first comes to God, they worship God according to how they feel. That is sort of spiritual immaturity. Is I'm going to worship God on how I feel. I've seen new converts worship God until they have a problem. Then they come to church and fold their arms and why did God allow this to happen? Why did this go on? And uh, But I've learned that people that have been in this a while, that went through some storms, they look over their life. You know what they find? Is they don't worship God according to what they feel or how they feel. They worship God according to what they know. And what do we know? He's the author and he's the finisher of my faith. But the Bible says, cast not away fear for your confidence. You can't let fear throw out your faith. Somebody say amen. Amen. You've got to hold on to confidence. And what does it bring? Lakin, when you look at that, at the end of the verse, it says, which have great recompense. In verse 35, Hebrews 10 and 35, it says, has great, sorry, it has great reward to have that confidence in him. I want you to say it again. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. Yeah. And, um, and so in... In 1 John chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 28, I'm going to read a, read, read a verse there. And it says, and Finn, this would be a good one for you. Come here and sit beside Sit right here with Daddy for a minute. And you have it close, close here in your Bible. You're going to read another scripture, but I think this is a good one for you. Read this, verse 28. He said, and now little children abide where? In Him. In His presence. In His Spirit. People, people have to come to understand that, that I'm not just visiting God on the weekends on a Sunday service. But what does it say? He that uh, dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Abide in the shadow of the Almighty. There's too many people that make God a visit, a visitation instead of an abiding place. What's the difference? It's like, it's like they, they visit the doctor, but the doctor doesn't live in their house. They, they, visit, they visit the vacation place where they get rest, but they don't have rest in their house. God is a place where he abides. I found over the years that right here in our home, we believe that he's here. We believe that he's at the church house. And we've had many, and uh, many, I look at all my kids, when, and they probably remember when they were smaller, and, you know, playing with the toys or whatever, they'd hear me get into a prayer meeting with God. Oh, they'd come running from all four corners of the house. One would be hanging on my, crawl up on my back. One would be, because I'd be on my knees, one would crawl up under here. And, and another one would grab my hands while I'm praying, feel the presence of God. Man, I remember one time, Lakin, Lakin, when Lakin was real little, then she was rotten. I'm just going to tell you right now. She was rotten. Lakin doesn't even remember that. She was so little. But uh, uh, she was rotten. And I remember I put her in a timeout chair. She didn't like timeout chair, but she would. She'd sit there for a while. Next thing I knew, she'd do something again. But I remember one time, I just couldn't straighten her out. She was probably uh, two and a half, but probably three years old. You know, they used to call it terrible twos and tremendous threes. I think for her it was tremendous twos and terrible threes. And uh, I remember that 
that discipline her wasn't working, Lakin, it just wasn't working. I remember one time you pulled your hair up because somebody took your toy from you. You know, she didn't even cry. She's so stubborn, and uh, she pulled her hair out. Just like, had two wads of hair. I thought, oh God, you got to help me, help me, save her, Jesus. But I remember when I a timeout chair and discipline wouldn't work. I took you in my arms, and I had a prayer meeting. And I, I wrapped you in my arms like this, and I just rocked back and forth praying. All of a sudden, I felt the presence of God come on me. And when it came on me, I felt your body just relax. You didn't need discipline for weeks after that. Because I've learned that we don't just have sometimes, it's, it's not just a, a personality issue. Sometimes our children are troubled spiritually. Their spirit is unrest. And that's why so many kids that 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 what they need, they don't they don't need just another video game taken away. They don't need a timeout chair. They don't need grounding. They need a move of God. And he said, come on, come back. We've got to finish that verse, buddy. What does it say? Verse, uh, you there. Or chapter 2. What? Chapter 2, verse 28. And now, little children, what? That's right. That when he shall appear, we may have what? Confidence. And not be. Go ahead. Read on. And not be ashamed for him at his coming. He said, abide in him. Don't, don't put God off to the weekends. Don't, don't make God a, a Christmas and Easter event. But but I would say to you, Jillian. I don't have to be ashamed when the Lord returns. Why? Because I'm abiding in Him. How do we abide in Him? When I think of a place you abide, I think it's where you. I think it's where your your. It's where your. That's your residence. That's a permanent dwelling place. How do you think any of you, Cindy, anybody can make any comments? And we're so glad to have our. We have guests with us tonight. Landon, won't you pull a chair up over here? I'll scoot over. Landon is here from. Uh, right before he goes back to college, he's here. And Noah came over to help us this morning because I was putting some fence posts in, and he he can sit here somewhere. But any any of you, how do you think we can abide abide in God? I can talk on it for a minute. Um, Lincoln, we sing a song in church. You know, I don't have to be afraid because I have a confidence. Why is that? I have a confidence in Jesus Christ because I understand that's what the cross was, right? I was bound by sin. I was bound by the weight of the world. But no longer am I bound by those chains. That's the freedom of the cross. I have confidence because I can look back and remember exactly what it was that he did for me. Joshua, we read it in devotion yesterday. Yes. How the children of Israel, they, the elders told them, make landmarks. Why do we make landmarks? So we can look back and not forget what it was that God's done for us. Yes. I can look back over 22 years of life, and there's some things that's happened to me that I've seen the hand of God. I have seen the power of God. I, I have felt Him. He has walked with me. There's been times I've been too weak to walk on my own, but He's taken my hands. I raise my hands up, and He takes my hands. There's yeah. an old song, uh, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me to the promised land. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I have a confidence yes. in the cross of Jesus Christ that breaks every chain 
that breaks every bondage, every yoke. So powerful. And I like what he said. He did it before. He's going to do it again. And, you know, I, I look back and uh, I didn't get to see Sarah take his first steps because he, he was in Salt Lake City at my dad's house when he took his first steps. But I was with him to teach him how to walk. And I remember sitting on the floor and I would be, I would be sitting down on the floor. You'd be next. We have a new coffee table. We gave it away recently. Sawyer's teeth marks from his only two teeth were on the side of that coffee table. <laughs> because he would rock back and forth on that with his teeth. And there was little marks. It was hard to get rid of that for years. But I remember that he would turn around and he'd hold on to that because he had confidence in the table. You know why? Because it was unmoving. It was the same at all times. It was stable. And I would try to convince him like this. Come on, Sawyer. Come on, Sawyer. Then he would let go of the table and grab the table. He'd let go of the table and then grab the table. But at some point, when he would start walking toward me, the reason he came to me is because he knew I would catch him if he'd fall. Yeah. You think of that. Why did he let go of this that he had confidence in? Because he knew I was saying, come, come to me. It's just like the story of Jesus walking on the water shows up. The boat is about to sink. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I'm here. Don't fear. And Simon Peter, you know, Simon Peter always got like his little bit hyper. Lord, if that's you, he's standing on the boat. He's rocking. Think of the spin. He's, he's rocking back and forth on the boat. And he, it's about to sink. And, and he goes up and he says, Lord, if that's you, he said, bid me, are you listening? He said, bid me to come out there. Let me come out there to where you are. Isn't it amazing that Simon Peter has such confidence in God, Noah, that he was willing to let go of the stable boat, which was his career. He had, he had, his career was in a boat. That's what he knew. But because he had walked with Jesus, because he had walked with him, he had found that he had more confidence in Jesus Christ in the midst of a storm than he did the boat that he had been around for years. He was willing to let go because he knew the Lord is not going to let me fall. And I say this, I say this to you, Sawyer, is, is just like then. It's natural to hold on to something stable. But you've got to learn to walk in his presence. How? How are you going to have confidence when there's a trial? Lakin, what do you think? How are you going to have confidence when there's a trial in your, in your, that comes in your life? What are, what are you going to do? Abide in him. And when the, when the trial comes, you can let go of what's normal and go into his presence. Any, 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 anybody want to say anything? Anybody? Why, why did Simon Peter let go of the boat? What do you think? What do you, why do you think Simon Peter let, stepped out of the boat? You know, Simon Peter walked on water, Pam. Not just Jesus. Simon Peter walked on the water. Why do you think he wanted to get out of that boat? Not sure? Anybody? Jillian? Because it said, yes, say it a little louder. You're right. Because they had confidence in God. I have watched people that I've pastored preach some of the greatest messages I ever heard, but they weren't over the pulpit. They were from the life they lived. When crisis came in, they stepped out of the norm. 
and they stepped into the presence of God. I hope y'all can fill your house when I feel. And uh, um, what do you what do y'all think? Little children abide in Him. Why? So you'll have confidence, confidence, and you will not be ashamed when He comes because you're already with Him. Listen, uh, He's coming, but I, I'm not sitting back waiting on His presence. He's with me, and I just feel like there's going to. I'm going to know when he's coming. I really do. I really do. I don't have to be ashamed because I walk with him every single day. Let me throw this out there. The Bible says you can't find one supernatural thing that Enoch did. But the Bible says he walked with God. He walked with God. And that builds confidence. And uh, I remember I remember as a teenager, Noah. And how old, how old are you, Noah? 15. Noah's 15. I remember when I was 15. When I was 15 years old, I saw you. You're 14 and a half. Going to be 15 in December. And Laban's driving. I can't believe that. He talked about praying fear out of, out of my life. Pray. Pray, saints. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But when I was 15 years old, uh, I made a covenant with God. I sold out to God. I really did. I could take you to the place. And it changed me. I let go of both. I let go of me. I let go of friends, how they want to do. You know what I did? I said, I'm coming out to where you are. It caused me to become so confident in who I was. Prior to that, I was worried about what everybody thought, and we all do a little bit. I was worried about if my clothes were the right style as everybody else's were. I was worried about the conversations I've had. My life was based on what do people think of me. But when I got alone with him, and for a year and a half, I walked with God. And I'm telling you what it did for me, Sawyer. I became confident in me. It caused me to have confidence in myself. And you know there's nothing more attractive, nothing more attractive than being comfortable in your own skin and knowing, knowing who you are. And though I'd say to you, your, your altar in your life will build confidence in who you are in God. There's some things, and uh, I try to, you know, Finn, Finn sometimes, come here, Finn, let me do, do something. When somebody's talking to Finn, and somebody will come up to Finn, and I've done this with all my children, and uh, say, say, Lakin, or say, excuse me, say, Landon would say to you, Hi, Finn, uh, uh, how are you doing? And Finn naturally does this. He goes, Fine, good. And I, when I say, Is that what you do? Is that what you do? Yes, what you do. Yes, he <laughs> And what I do, I make him, I tell my kids, and I have since they were old enough to have a conversation out in the city. I say, lift your head. I do this in public. What matter what it is. I say, lift your head, look him in the eye, and respond. And say, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And what I teach them is there's no one in the world that should intimidate you. Is that you can communicate with anybody. I don't let my kids be shy. They're not allowed to be shy. It's not an option to not communicate to people. And what I'm doing, I'm instilling in them confidence to communicate. And I'm the same way they walk away from the table to walk to me to walk. I'm teaching them to communicate and have conversations with adults or anybody in their life. And then, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to say that we, um, you know, some people are quiet by nature, and that's okay if you're quiet. But you can't allow shyness to be um, a stumbling block 
for what God's called you to do. I've seen people use that even as an excuse. They'll say, well, I can't because I'm shy. I'm not able to do that. And I think that's where you have to you, you have to make your mind up. Even if you're quiet, it's not going to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. It's, it's more difficult for some people. Everyone has different levels of difficulty with different things, but we can't let it be an excuse not to do things that God's called us to do. We have to be determined for God uh, to help us. I think of Moses, obviously, who wouldn't have wanted to speak. He had a speaking problem, but it wasn't an excuse. Um, uh, he was still willing. Um, God worked with him. He was willing. I think we have to be willing for God to make us be confident. Some people aren't willing to be confident. They don't want to be. That way they can hide behind that. So I think you first really need to pray for confidence that God can, can give you confidence. Uh, we all, I think, we all, there's none of us perfect but him. Uh, we all have handicaps and issues and insecurities. But Moses become one of the greatest prophets of all time. But he start off by saying, but Lord, who, who am I going to say has sent me? He said, you tell him the I am that I am has sent you. And when you realize, again, back to the statement of abide, then he's still. He's confident. He's confident. I'm going to tell you. He knows exactly what he wants at all times. Isn't that right, Ken? <laughs> he's rotten, I'm telling you. But he started off insecure, but he walked in that I come in the name of the Lord. How would you say, Cindy, we can instill on the subject of confidence, how do you instill confidence in in children as a mother? What would you say? How, how do how do you how do you instill confidence in a in as a as a mom? <laughs> I think um, teach our kids to be confident. So you mentioned by nature they're quiet. I think we have to be careful as parents, and for parenting, it's an ever learning job. I would say my parents would probably say they're still learning. They have children in their 40s, but they're still learning because still learning. why? We've never been at the stage we're at before. So we're always learning at that stage we're at. And for them to be confident, I think it depends a lot on our confidence. And so it's okay to be wrong as parents. I think we have to be very careful as parents not to ride the emotions of our children. Not to ride on that emotional roller coaster they can be on. Um, try to think of an example. Maybe a, maybe Finn comes home from Sunday school class and he says his teacher he got in trouble because of something. And we have to be careful as parents. It's easy. I know I have a ball cap that says Mama Bear on it, and us moms are especially you know defensive of our children. We're their protectors, and that's great. But we have to be careful not to ride their emotions. So I would say dealing with confidence, it would be wrong of me as a parent to immediately get upset at that teacher or that peer that he says did him wrong. Because we always have to realize that's one, just one perspective of the story. And we have to realize as much as we love our children, they're not always right. And their perspective's not always right. And I think we do them a disservice if we automatically just feel their emotions and, oh, I can't believe they did that, or I can't. Um, at, like he talked about Sawyer walking to him when he was learning to walk, but in that same concept, he knew his dad was there to catch him, but also his dad was allowing him an opportunity to fail and to mess up. And I think we have to teach our kids, you know what, you, you're wrong. You've messed up. And let them know that's okay. 
they don't have to be perfect and they don't uh, take mess ups to become confident and as parents it's okay for us to admit that we're wrong and also if they ask you something you don't know it's okay to say I'll get back with you let me pray about that let me look into that you don't have to always have the right answer right away I think we have to be very willing to be wrong if as parents we're never willing to be wrong we're, we're instilling in our children that they're always right and so then when they get their feelings hurt or they get upset they automatically think someone's done them wrong when that's not always the case and it's it's dangerous because and I think it's a cycle so for confidence we have to be confident in ourselves as parents and they they feed from that they know if we're being consistent they know if we're being confident and um, if we're willing to be wrong I think I think right on that a confident person doesn't have to be right a confident person say you know I made a mistake but I'm gonna learn from it you know you you sometimes you win and sometimes you learn and a confident person just be, can strike out, but they're going to swing again. Uh, they're they're going to get up again. And so confidence is not based upon perfection. And I would say that I teach my kids that. And I, I and I try to instill them because sometimes when I correct them, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I ever like to be corrected, even growing up. Uh, even in my marriage, you know, there's times Cindy will say, you know, you probably shouldn't say it that way. Or he shouldn't do this. Or that's not working uh, in, with the with the children, or whatever it is. And you know what? There's a part of me. I think all of us have some level of insecurity. And I, I'm, you know, training Sawyer in certain areas. I'm like, Sawyer, to instruction and to correction is not to be angry. Uh, you haven't failed me because you didn't do something the way I want it done. You're learning this. And so confidence says, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I made a mistake, uh, but it's not over. And some people, you can't correct them. Their whole world shatters if you say, you know what, you shouldn't do that. Uh, their whole world shatters because you can't correct them because to correct them in one area, they're wrong in every area, or they, they feel like they're perceived wrong in, area, in every area. That is not confidence. That's insecurity. Insecurity is the opposite of confidence. So I think a confident person is always learning. Yeah, absolutely. Do you agree with that? Willing, willing to be taught, willing to learn, and willing to be wrong. And willing to be wrong. A wise man seeks instruction. Mm -hmm. A wise son seeks correction. Dad, tell, tell me where I could have done this better. A young preacher, an older preacher. You know, how could I have done this better? I just preached tonight. How could I, a Sunday school teacher, somebody leading for the first time. And, uh, you know, to correct them, they quit. You know, that's insecurity. That's not confidence. Again, how do we have confidence? Abide in Him. Man, the Lord, the Lord has shown me many times the errors in my life. We have some more verses to read. And Lakin, uh, I think it's, it's a 1 John 3, uh, verse 21. 1 John 3. Verse 21. You got your Bible, bro? All right. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. If our heart condemns us not. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now no. To who? To them that walk. 
no condemnation to men to walk, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And, you know, we've had to make a lot of decisions over COVID-19. But the staff, the anchor staff and I, we have been prayerful. We've been seeking God. And we feel like God's given us peace. Has it been perfect? I imagine not. But we're trying to do, making decisions. You can't have confidence while feeling condemned. you got to feel right with God. Everybody say being right with God. Being right with God. Making decisions every day life. Go ahead, Lakin. Keep reading. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's a powerful verse. He, uh, we receive of him. Why? We have confidence because we please him. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. You can't get away from it. To have confidence, he has to, you have to abide in him and with him. So what do you do? Build an altar. Start your day in devotion. Every single thing I do in ministry is in the overflow of my devotion with God. Confidence is coming out in everything I'm doing. Because uh, the subject, confidence, and everything I'm doing. Because it's been in my spirit, in my devotion with Him. Praying, seeking God. And I'm teaching now because in my prayer time, uh, Monday morning. See, the Monday morning, yesterday morning. That's what I studied for tonight because it came into my devotion. I was abiding with Him. And I felt like this is what He wanted me to teach you tonight. Uh, first, first, sorry, uh, first John chapter 5. And verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And verse 15. Ben, are you ready? We know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. That whatever we ask, He hears us. That's confidence. That's, that is. That's confidence that we have in Him. One of the most, again, one of the most attractive things you ever see is someone that's, that's, that's confident in their own skin. They know who they are. They're not, they're, they're not wavered by culture. They're not wavered by the new friend. They're not wavered by the, the new job. They know who they are. And that's my prayer, is that my children, who have completely all different personalities, by the way, uh, but they learn themselves to know who they are in Him. You know, I don't think that a person's weight, and what I mean weight, I mean that exact word weight, should be defined what culture says their weight should be. I believe there's an optimum weight for everybody, not defined by 
the latest trends of, of what their size should be in weight. And I see people waver back and forth on all these things. you got to find the who. What's, where, where are you most healthy? Where are you most happy? Where's your most joy at? And uh, uh, not, not trying to find the trends that everybody else is doing so you're going to fit in. But become what makes you happy? What, what makes you confident? You make the outfit look good, not the outfit making you look good. Does that make sense? Because you're confident. You walk confident. You speak confident. Your head is lifted. Not prideful, not arrogant. You're knowledgeable. You know at the end of the day you're not condemned because you have done your best. This starts with, with God. Um, are there any, 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 any comments or any of you want to say anything, Cindy or Jillian? You don't want to get up and preach a little bit? No. <laughs> uh, do any of you have any comments, anything you want to say? Sorry. Uh, does it make sense? Do you have any questions for me? I would say people feel confident in areas that they're the most learned. So some people are very quiet, but maybe they're just this amazing basketball player, so they have confidence when they're on the court. But the reason they would have confidence there and maybe not on a soccer field is because they're skilled in basketball. And so sometimes it's our lack of, of diligence and our lack of studying and or our lack of time with God and why we don't have confidence in Him. And the more time you spend with God, the more confidence you have in Him. And um, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, you yes. have more confidence yeah. when you're more skilled, when you put more work in it. And so sometimes we're not confident in areas that we haven't put enough time in. Yeah, it's very, very good. And I'm very comfortable with the move of the Spirit. And the reason I am is because I spent time with prayer. And I don't do anything, Landon, I don't do anything different than Noah in the pulpit than what I do in my time of prayer. I find out where he's going, moving that. And that's why when he's moving, when to do something to church, you see me go to certain people because I found confidence in that. I pray for you all, uh, and I call many of you at different times during the week because while I was praying, the Lord dealt with me about, about you, something specific. I'll call you and say, hey, I've been praying. This is what the Lord has shown me. And I'm confident in that. I've learned the voice of God. Let's, uh, let's end on this point. The thought is that Simon Peter steps off the boat. He lets go of the coffee table. He steps off the boat. <laughs> and then get back over here. I'm going to throw the camera and let them see your dance that you're doing right now. You want, you want that to happen? No. All right. All right. Then, then hold still for a minute. Simon Peter steps, steps off the boat. <laughs> I'm going to chase with that video camera and everybody's going to see what you're doing. Right? <laughs> All right. Come back. Sit on the swing here for a minute. He steps off the boat. And he gets his eyes off of Jesus and <laughs> gets his eyes off of Jesus and on the storm. And what then? What happens when Simon Peter got his eyes on the storm instead of Jesus? He started sinking, didn't he? Yep. Did Jesus let him drown? What did he do? No, do you know what he did? He picked him up. Just like Sawyer leaving the coffee table and tripped and fall. I put my arms in around him. He picked him up. 
you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> and uh, this Bible study is coming to a quick, quick close. Welcome to our family devotion. It is limited, let me tell you. It is limited. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's finish this. Ben's very confident. Ben's very confident. How are we going to end this? I don't know what I'm doing. Finn is taking over the Bible study. But he, he steps off the boat. He starts sinking after he walks a period of time. Jesus carries him, puts him back in the boat, and he calms the storm. So I'm going to close with this thought here today, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try to pray. <laughs> but I close with this thought today. You just keep trying even if you're failing. Because confidence is not based on perfection. It's based on, I'm going to keep trying. God will never walk away from a person that has walked in faith. Never. Even when they get distracted by the problem, He is reaching for you. I feel that very strong. Yeah. I've seen God do amazing things in people. And uh, amazing things in people. And they weren't perfect. And they, but the Lord, and that's what I feel. God is reaching for you. And um, Cindy, would you lead us in prayer? I, I really do feel like people right now watching, they didn't understand the Lord's reaching for them. The Father's reaching for you. He's reaching for you. And guess what? He's not even going to pick you up. He's going to calm the storm. Would you lead us in prayer? Dear Jesus, I love you tonight. We love you, Lord. And just like the song that we sang earlier that Lincoln was singing, He Made a Way. And I believe, Lord, that you're making a way even right now for the people that are watching, God. I believe, I believe that you're reaching for them. I know that. We have confidence in you, God. Just as your word says, Lord, we know that you're reaching for them. Several that are watching right now, even God, that you're going to make a way. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall, Lord. And we're, we're believing you're going to do it again. You've done it before, and we're believing that you're going to do it again. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.